still finally gave the Ringers Philly crew a podcast. I'm Ben Solak. And I'm Shiel Kapadia. That's right, just a couple Philly guys with the new space to fire off some Eagles takes, get caught up in the Sixers chaos, and more. We'll be coming to you twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays, plus bonus episodes whenever we get breaking news or Philly drama. Plus, when Harden and Embiid somehow convince you suckers that this year's going to be different, our fellow Philly stands at the Ringer will have you covered on the Sixers and all your other favorite teams in town. It's Philly sports, Shiel. What could possibly go wrong? Join the fun and follow the Ringer's Philly special now on Spotify. It's the full goal presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Welcome into The Full Go podcast, uh, brought to you by The Ringer. Of course, Spotify is the gang. I'm Jason Goff. Uh, they let me host this thing, and this is number 240, I believe. Episode 240? Yep. Oh, am I right? Yeah. Episode 240, ladies and gentlemen. God damn it, clap, everybody. Come on now. 240 of these. You know? Thank you, Kevin Fishbane, person who I don't work with. These two motherfuckers right here. God damn. Chris Sutton and, of course, Tony Gill in the place to be on a blessed Sunday evening, as my mother would say. Uh, we'll get to Kevin Fishbane and all of his, uh, his his Bears things. Actually, shit, we could just bring Kevin Fishbane in now. I, want, I, I know the world is dying to hear Kevin Fishbane's thoughts on the NBA playoffs and the Nuggets Suns game that he just watched. Or maybe he didn't watch and he helped put his kid down to bed like a good father. So I won't throw him in that uh, that ringer. But hey, what's happening, Kevin? How you feeling, brother? Jason, I, I, I'm embarrassed to tell you something because... Oh, shit. Don't ever start with that, baby. <laughs> I know. I know. I was thinking about this earlier because like as you get older and you know this and you got the kid responsibilities, yeah. Yeah. certain 
things that you watched all the time, maybe like the NBA, like there's, there was like going to be one sport. There's going to be one thing that I was going to lose. Uh, we're getting to and the, for me, we're, I we're think drilling was, down right here. Tony and Chris, I think we found out we have one of the others amongst us. Huh? Never would I have guessed that Kevin Fishbane of the athletic, such a progressive uh, publication, by the way, would be the one of all the sports <laughs> that Kevin Fishbane would, would choose to let just fall by the wayside. The uh, NBA, huh? How about I, that? Well, I know. Huh? I know. I was like, tell I me remember, more. I remember <laughs> this is being, way better than I, I was going to start. Yeah. The pod. No, this is good. I remember like when I, I was one of those ones, like, you know, I'd have, I'd have charmed on Friday mornings on my TV when I turned TV on. Right. You already like, know. I, I, I remember those days. I'm just sounding like such uh, an old right now. I, was about I, remember, to say. I, I used to love, I used to love the nine thirty tip for like Friday night games when I was out and I was at a bar and I didn't want to mingle. And I could just focus, you know, give me what, whatever you got want to throw on the TV. I was, I love those West Coast NBA games. And I don't know what happened. You got responsibilities, man. You got priorities. It's all good, baby. I could put a little blame on the Bulls. I could put a little bit of blame Ooh, on the Bulls. I like where this is going. Come on. Because it's like, it's a little, you know, I could put blame on my on my shirt. I'm representing the, the DePaul Demons. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, you just, <laughs> pretty soon you're going to start talking to me about like Northwestern baseball. Like you, yeah. you're going down a slippery slope, starting to so, name local I basketball things that, that, that have let you down, brother. It's what my, my, my father-in-law comes, he came over this afternoon and he goes, did you see the end of Celtic Sixers? And I said, no, I was putting the baby down for a nap. <laughs> <laughs> and he walked me through like the full final minute and I just felt like I let him down. I feel like I'm letting you guys down. I mean, you can see the responses. None of these are, we're not I laughing can't. with it's, you. In these don't moments. worry. It's not like I'm turning out. It's not like I'm taking my <laughs> NBA time watching NASCAR. Like, oh, look at it. See, he knows how to come on back home. He knows <laughs> yeah. how to play the room. Yeah, there it is. We all sitting there on the family feud like, good answer, Kevin. Good answer. <laughs> Go ahead and talk some shit about the NHL while you're in it right yeah. now. Make, make the three brothers on the screen with you happy. <laughs> oh, man. I'm thinking of watching the NHL since 2015. Oh, shit, man. Good answer. Good answer. He don't even need the extra five seconds at the end for his final feud. Give it up for my man, Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic, joining us here on The Full Go. I don't even know what I was talking about or why I was saying it. But Are you going to let me stay on the show to talk Bears after that uh, confession? Yeah. Listen, right, listen, listen. We are here. I'm about to delve into your knowledge of the games you hadn't watched and see if it matches up with some of the baseball games that I haven't watched. And then we can just throw them all in the pot and, and see who's bullshitting and who's not. Dude, I I remember when I first got into uh, this game, right, as a 19-year-old intern. And I won't say who, but I will never forget one of the uh, daytime uh, talk show hosts of the station I was working at, at the score at the time, just said to me straight out, he goes, hey, listen, you don't have to watch half these games. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting there at 19 like, what? Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. I, all I do is watch games. Like, I'm the idiot that watches. And I still, for like 15 years after that point, was the idiot watching the games twice. You know, I like to tell myself, oh, I'm going to remove the emotion 
from this watch. And you know what I'm saying? Like I used to love telling people that when it really was just overkill. It, it really was just me trying to be like, you know, twice as hard, you know, for half as much kind of vibe that I had been born into this kind of industry with. So I was like, oh yeah, let me watch every single game. And I ne- and I did what I was supposed to do because I know how I retain things, but <clears throat> I will never forget. And that person went on to bullshit for the next, you know, decade or so, whatever the case may be. But like, yeah, man, this whole watching the games thing, overrated, unless you're covering the team. Right, but I like see. You, I see you, the life, you gotta watch I see the life cycle. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, <laughs> sometimes uh, I see. I see the life cycle though, right? Because I mentioned my father-in-law earlier. He's like, he's at home all day, and he's just watching sports. He come. He's giving me the full NBA breakdowns. Like my dad. Like he's like, you know, I'm, I'm finding some more free time at my older age. So what am I doing? I'm watching more sports. So I, I can mean. see. Like I could get back to the time when I was like, you know, I would say like, you know. And also, we all kind of grew up a little bit in the Sports Center generation, right? Right. Like different. Right. Where we had highlight shows. Yeah. Different yeah. phases of it, you know? So, yeah. like, I could miss the games and I'd wake up watching our Sports Center and I could, I mean, I could name every player. Like, you give me like the 97 like NBA teams, I could, I could run through a bunch of those starting lineups probably. Right. But, you know, so, I, you know, that it, it changed. But I do see, you know, I'm looking forward, you know, however long it is, 35 years down the line, we'll we'll do the show again. And I will be happy to happy to. I'll be like, yeah, I had nothing else to do. Of course, I was watching the <laughs> NBA playoffs today. Let me tell you something right now, Kevin Fishbay. If <laughs> you don't want to be host the show at 35 at 77 years old, I am doing this with you. Uh, somebody fucked up somebody along the way here and I'm going to put it on me, right? But uh, I can put it on, by that point, I'll be able to put it on the people around me a little bit better than I do now. But yeah, if, if it's 77 <laughs> in the year two of our Lord, 2000 and, and what, 32 carried to five, 2055, if, if I'm sitting here and shout out to Dollar Bill Simmons, right? Because at this point, he will have made enough money to freeze not only his brain, but his body and just be like a floating brain leading this whole thing shout out to him but if he and they are still willing to employ me then you know it's a good thing and a bad thing right it's it's, but by that time like there will be no tv right we'll just have like little little entertainment chips that we just slide into our you know our, 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 our forced upon us inputs you know if they if you think they did a number with these vaccines just wait for 30 years from now before they put a hard drive right there in your wrist and then next thing you know you get your entertainment and then you put your ration inside of your neck and then you go on about life that's that's what I think 2055 is going to look like and no way in hell should a podcast that I am hosting uh, be contaminating this earth, but yeah, man, I'm like I'm like your um, your your father in law at this point, man. Fuck these kids, man. Watch some basketball. Like they they gonna figure it out, right? To throw them a gogurt, put a pillow down, let them fall where they will. You know, people always talk about the second kid and how like the second kid kind of raises itself. Well, guess what? I'm having a ball trying to raise this first one. So, uh, you know, enjoy if that second kid does come. Up. If you are listening to this second kid, thirty what like what Kevin just mentioned. 32 years from now and I'm still doing this pod because of your punk ass listen and listen I am going to watch all the basketball through your young formative years there are going to be moments where I ignore you where I could be being a better father uh, on a hot summer day you go you gonna have to you're gonna have to have a brick wall for you to play catch with yourself because there are certain things that keep the lights on and sports is one of them and I enjoy these sports like 
Kevin, you know the vibes. Tony, he hasn't said anything yet because he's been laughing at you uh, dismissing the NBA in the way that you have. And, and Chris is just having a ball because he's just like, look at these Chicago idiots. But like, you know what it is, man. You know the sports that we have to like absorb in this city. So you damn right. If I'm going to watch the dudes get it on or the dudettes get it on when I'm watching the WNBA, yeah. I'm rooting for everybody always asks me like, hey. Who, who you got this game? And I tell them the same thing every time. I just want a good game. That's all I want. Like, that's all my life boils down to now. It's like, hey, wake up. <laughs> Make sure the kid is fed and clothed. Make sure that you wiped his face off and moisturize it. Because, you know, blackness. Send him off to school. And then get a good game in before the night is off. You know, like, of course, you know, hang out with the lady and do all eat, <laughs> work and do all these other things. But all I want is a good game. And the NBA playoffs are providing that. You know, we we had packed up the Phoenix Suns, boy. We was ready to send them on their way. And I kept saying, hey, guys, I don't know if I trust the brand on the can just yet. The Denver Nuggets, right? And they're playing phenomenal basketball, but they went out there and couldn't guard the perimeter at all. And if you can't guard the perimeter against regular NBA players, you're going to have an issue. Somebody's going to give you 20 that you didn't expect. If you can't guard it versus Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, you're going to have them go off for, what, 63, 62 combined points. Or something. Jokic went out there and did everything he possibly could. And these are the reasons why I also love the NBA playoffs too, fellas, is because... Like, you're always waiting for that other dude to either be the guy that you are frowning at or the guy that we just throw that X Factor, you know, label on because he played better than you expected, right? Like, Tobias Harris for years now has been, like, all I've done is protected NBA players who people think can't play anymore or are worse than what they think, and I just try to prop them up a little bit. I've been on the Tobias Harris train for a long time, but watching Tobias Harris play these last couple of games, I'd be be mad as hell at him if I was James Harden and Joel Embiid. I'm like, we should be up 3-1 against these soft-ass dudes. And I'm sorry if I'm calling the Boston Celtics soft for any Boston Celtics fan out there, but man, I, one game to the next, I don't know which t- Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown duo I'm going to get. Well, one game, they look like the unstoppable Jordan-Pippen combo for years to come, and in the next game, they look like dudes who are emotional, petulant, and sometimes shine away from the real smoke. And James Harden had all that smoke for him. Joel Embiid with his bulky knee had all that smoke for him. You got P.J. Tucker out here making... If P.J. Tucker can stay on the court in a late game situation, you have failed as a team. I'm talking about the team that you're going up against. Not the team that you're employing them because, you know, he brings that veteran grit and all that other stuff that people like to make up when you can't hit a shot anymore. But... That dude is over there in the corner, like, swing it to me, like, confident because of the way the Boston Celtics handled him and the way the Boston Celtics have handled this series so far. So I'm in it, man. I'm in it. And then you get the Miami Heat, New York Knicks thing where it's like, oh, look at these two scrappy teams that have no chance of winning a title. Go <laughs> at it right now, you know? Like, And then the Jimmy Butler. Like, every year, this is the Jimmy Butler coronation, right? And, and shout out to the new king or something. I heard that something was going on in the UK this Saturday. Shout out to 
the largest welfare recipients in the entire world having a billion dollar party for everybody to watch for three hours. I enjoy, I enjoy that. And if you're mad at me right now for saying that, you should probably do some, some old uh, research. Do your Googles, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, for all the people out there that, that love to talk about, you know, people sitting on their ass and collecting a check, you just saw that shit in HD for four hours on Saturday morning. I know, I know some of y'all is out there waking up early and shit, acting like it's a Japanese baseball classic or something. Or, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you know those first those first Major League Baseball games a few years back when they was in Tokyo and people was pissed they had to wake up early. Like, God damn it, why can't everything be on our time? It's like people waking up at three in the goddamn morning to watch this dude get a get a crown full of jewels that have been stolen from brown people for centuries. Like, what the fuck are we, what are we lining up for? I digress though. I like NBA basketball. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the rookie minicamp with Kevin Fishbane, who hates NBA basketball and may hate you right here on the Full Go Podcast. We'll be back with more of the Full Go with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. See, I, I meant to uh, lead the pod before I got derailed by the, the antics of Kevin Fishbane. And yes, yes, that is me pointing the finger and not the thumb. Uh, I meant to start the pod by saying congrats to Justin Fields, huh? Got his degree from the Ohio State University at Kevin Warren, looking like a, a proud uncle right there next to him with his hand on his shoulder. I'm like, ooh, we Bears landed on thick with this whole familial, you know, we got all the brothers and they all smiling and happy, front facing forward. Like, I'm, I'm with it. The motherfuckers better win some games, though. I know that for, for a fact. Uh, Kevin, you... The rookie minicamp, um, I'm seeing dudes running around with jerseys and, you know, sweatsuits and, you know, fun media, social media games are being played with the rookies as they come off the field. The Bears Instagram, by the way, has whoever's taken over that thing. It's it's a different vibe and a different feel to it. <laughs> it it kind of makes me think like, all right, Ryan Poles. You know, Kevin Warren, Justin Fields, PJ Walker, like that social that social media I team. With this. What's that? Take a look at your uh, Zoom screen right here. We got. Uh -huh. uh, I see it. Yeah. Who is this? Oh, oh, Luke Combs. Yeah, oh. and Matt Eberflus last night, and how about lots that? of bears were there? Huh? How about lots of bears the, were the there? Yeah. That's what the fuck was jamming up the the traffic downtown yesterday. Oh, that's what it. I was wondering what was happening. All I saw was a bunch of people 
a bunch of people walking around with cowboy hats and cowboy boots in the middle of downtown. And I was like, you know, I, I was like, all right. And my lady was asleep next to me in the car. So I'm like, all right, if this is if this is that moment, then yeah, I hope we're all ready. And I'm like, oh, okay. They walk into a they walk into an event. Okay, there it is. Uh, you know, I, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to cast any aspersions, but shout out to Matt Eberflus, man. He is making the rounds. Like he is um this, this Bears thing, did you think it would feel, I don't know if good is the right word, Kev, but do you think it would feel this optimistic after what we saw only three short years ago? It's a good question. You know, I feel like Bears optimism kind of had this mini peak when they drafted Justin Fields, right? I mean, the exuberation over that, I hadn't seen anything like that since the day they traded for Jay Cutler. Yeah. And that went down quickly obviously, because of what that season turned out to be. And then they had all these little peaks and valleys last year because Justin would go off for these crazy runs and they'd lose, but then people were happy. It was like a weird year. And, you know, I'm not sure what Ryan Poles could have done to not have things be pretty optimistic right now. Once he made that number one pick trade, right? Once you get DJ Moore, once you get that future draft capital, because also you step back from it, Jason, you go, all right, the Bears took that number one pick that people were cheering for, right? They were celebrating losses in town. And what did they parlay that into? A right tackle and two defensive tackles and a cornerback that I'm confident very few Bears fans had ever heard of, right? Like that was the quote unquote haul. But now, again, I'm DJ Moore was the haul. Like that's the guy. Right. Right. But it was just kind of like you take a step back and like everyone's like, yes, like this is what we've been waiting for. Like, this is why I want a number one pick. So we get this right tackle and these two defensive tackles like no bear is going to come anywhere close to rookie of the year voting this year. <laughs> now, again, it still I, I, I'm not saying those are the wrong picks like you need a right tackle. You need to bullshit defensive line. Kevin, you're preaching to the cry, dude. I said it two pods ago that that if you say anything about Ryan Poles in this draft, you know, and have any questions or critiques about it, you are you will be thrown off of the, the ship. Like Bears fans are not playing right now when it comes to Ryan Poles and the people that they have never watched play football before. Like this is it, it's getting to that point. Like he, he couldn't have done it like could do no wrong once he made that trade. Like, it didn't matter who they took. I, actually, I take that back. Based on the commenters at The Athletic, he could have done wrong if he picked my guy, Peter Skaronsky. Mm. That, that was the one they didn't want because of the short arms. Yeah. Suddenly, every Bears fan became like a, you know, arm length guy. And, you know, I, like, listen, I said this, this I, I was talking to the legend, Melissa Isaacson, oh, uh, former Tribune listen. writer. Yeah. Uh, ESPN Chicago, Missy's the best, covered yeah. those 90s Bulls teams. I was talking to her class, uh, and they asked me about the uh, obsession with the draft and what it's done to those of us who cover it. I said two things. One, it's great. I mean, it's paying the bills. I mean, it's awesome that here it is in like late April, yeah. or eight, not even just late April, every lead up. I mean, you see the mock drafts and all the stuff we do. People love it, and I love that. But then everybody's an expert, right? Like, and, and it's, that could be good and bad too, because I said to somebody go like, I'm obviously a Northwestern guy. I don't hide that. I would have thought it'd be pretty cool if they drafted Peter Skaronsky because of that. Um, the local angle, I know he's a Packers fan, but fans read all this stuff, about his 32 and a quarter in charms. And suddenly 
came Jesus. They would have that would have been, you know, and like and and I always think Jason like my job after the Bears draft players like I never want to opine because we don't know. Right. Like nobody knows. Right. Well, like go like go read what people wrote about Darnell Mooney three years ago. You know, it was probably like, hey, here's this like skinny, skinny kid from Tulane who could maybe make the team. Right. And look at him now. And then you flip that around to see all the nice things people wrote about Kevin White when they took him. So it's just like, I know, oh, like we don't, like oh, we don't know. So I like to think the gut. I know. I knew Kevin White was going to be that dude. <laughs> I like to think my job is to help explain why they took that guy. I don't like, you know, that this is just this. And, and I was thinking about Skaransky and I was thinking about B. John Robinson. He was the other one. I was like, I got to explain why. Now I think that would have been very interesting if he was on the board at nine, I would have been. And I, I just, I'm going against the whole not opining thing. I would have That's opined, the, damn it. Yeah. I would opine that they should have taken him. And if they did, I would have said, I love this pick. Yes. Cause Yeah. <laughs> Yes. But you know, but that's what the NFL draft industrial complex does. It convinces people you cannot take a running back in the first round. How dare you? You know, I thought the Lions had a phenomenal draft. I loved that draft. Why we do took, you think so? Like because they it's funny cuz it's kind of the opposite of the they took football players, right? They like I I'm sounding like a football coach now, right? You know, but like if you watch Jameer Gibbs, you're like that dude can play. Jack Campbell's athletics are like off the charts. I know he's an Iowa linebacker, so you don't think that, but he's a crazy athlete, and that dude just makes plays. Hey, listen, they put a white cornerback into the league this year. I, I want to know everything that the Iowa defense is doing right now. You feel me? It's, true. Right? Like, it's one of those undercover stories where it's like, hey, they had a white starting cornerback who the NFL was like, yeah, we need that in our life. You ain't going to tell me shit about Jack Campbell and his measurables right now. I'm like, all right, every one of them can play. If that, if Kirk Ferentz is finding the crew that's like birthing the white corners, yeah, run that. <laughs> Give me the six foot five. 230 pound rangy middle linebacker. Yeah. I think we've seen something like that in this city before. That's why, yeah, that's why their offense was so bad because they were focused on finding that team. But I also love the Detroit <laughs> took Hendon Hooker. Yeah, I think Hendon Hooker is like is very intriguing to me. I loved watching him play mm-hmm. last year. So, like, but I I think that to go back to what you, to the start is Bears fans are happy. They're excited. I mean, Jason, you look at like. Q rating of GM in this city right now. Oh, it's not close. Okay. Here's one. Here's one for you. How about Q rating of owner? This is, you are reading my mind because I wanted to, I wanted to get into this. I wanted to get into this, Kevin, (laughs) because when I saw, and this is why you got to watch the NBA playoffs, Mr. Fishbane, you know, (laughs) shout out to your father-in-law for being a sports fan. You you shouldn't and you won't. Not here. Hand up. Not, Not here. You know, you could go on Hogan Johns and do all this other shit, but <laughs> on this on this podcast, we're gonna hold your feet to the fire. Shout out to Adam. We're talking Hogan, golf Adam on Johns. that podcast. Yeah, shout out to the fellas though. I listened, I listened uh religiously. Shout out to those dudes. Uh but when Nikola Jokic ran into Matt Ishbia, I believe his name is, the the son's new owner, Michigan State grad, and he didn't want to give up the ball, and Nikola kind of gave him a little, you know, a little forearm or whatever, and then this goofy dude with a beer comes over and touches Nicola and pushes him a little bit. And I'm like, oh, immediately I thought to myself, which owner in the city of Chicago would fans love to push the most? And then I had to. I had to stop because 
you know. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know. Yeah. I well, we could talk about George though. We don't, yeah. we don't talk about the other ones. We could we don't talk about the other owners of town, right? We could talk about George. Yeah. For all you all you pieces of garbage out there who are envisioning pushing Virginia McCaskey, you're going straight to sports hell. Okay. And on top of it, don't get it twisted. Any lady that old that has lived through this much keeps a gun in her purse. Don't ever get into it. I, I, you will not tell me that Virginia McCaskey ain't carrying at them, at them Bears games. She know who she know who she's surrounded by. Usually, them games are on Monday night or Sunday night television, which means there's going to be an embarrassment that happens, you know, at the hands of, of whatever opposing team. When Virginia McCaskey is in the house, stop running up on her crazy. She has a twenty-two on her at all times. Uh, that's just a public service announcement for y'all out there. I mean, last I checked, she still works out too. I mean, you don't want to. Oh, wanna, oh you diamond you press pushups. You hear yeah. me? Play around if you want to. Fuck around and get lumped up. So you talk about like Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren, Justin Fields, right? The guy who's overseeing it right now, who has understandably gotten a ton of flack in this town for a long time. And then you look at the other teams in town and where they're at at this point. Like it's funny too, because Jason, like you have a three and fourteen team last year. Okay, so what's and you look at this rookie class and you're like, you again, it's like I get it, I get Darnell Wright, I get the defensive tackles, I love the fourth round picks, like I I can see those guys working their way up the depth chart, but it's kind of like to me everything came back to DJ Moore, like that Mm -hmm. if he's a dude, if he is like the guy, like he could be and should be and has been, you know. Obviously, everything starts at the fields, but in terms about the new guys, the acquisitions, and I'm excited to get out there in a couple of weeks when OTAs start, we can kind of see what this thing is starting to look like. Because if DJ Moore is that X factor, if he is the number one receiver this team has been looking for, and he unlocks things for Justin Fields, and he has to unlock some things for himself, like it doesn't matter that their draft class might not be sexy in terms of guys who are instant. Um, difference makers, mm-hmm. right? Like they, they, I just trying to figure out how, cause I, I understand everyone's excited and they should be excited and go back to paying the bills. I want them to be excited, right? I want them to be excited to read everything and listen to everything about this team. Right. But I just like how high are your expectations going to go? Like you're, you got three wins last year. Like, are you jumping? Are you, are you jumping from three to eleven with this? Like, nah. with everybody you brought in? No, nah. you know. So is seven attainable? I think. I first of all, I think the division is trash. So division is trash, and they're if you look through the opposing quarterbacks because of the schedules coming out later this week. So I was looking through, like, all right, what are going to be? They got Mahomes. Okay, they've got Herbert. They got. I don't. I don't know if I put Deshaun Watson in that category right now. He certainly didn't play after well last, last year. year. Yeah. Um, you don't have that quarterback in your division anymore. So those are six games where you're not necessarily, oh, oh you know, like I'm, I, I, you know, credit Kirk Cousins, a career he's put together, but I don't think he's, you're not walking to that game already with, you know, thinking it's a loss like you did with mm-hmm. the guy who just left Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So you look at the schedule, you could certainly make some arguments. Um, so like, again, I, I, I'm loving the excitement. I understand the excitement, but this team, this roster, I'm not. I'm still not sure where it ranks in the league, even in the division. I think the Lions are still ahead of them. I think the Vikings are still ahead of them. No idea what to expect from Jordan Love um, and, and what the Packers got going on on the offensive side of the ball. I think their defense can be good. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, but the, the flip side of all this, Jason, is if Justin Fields just like goes off, right? 
It's a different game. Everything changes. Everything mm-hmm. changes for them. And that, and that's what that's what that's what he brings. Like that's the fun thing about him is he's got like he's got a lot to work on as a passer. But if he if that stuff gets figured out, the scheme is there, if the playmakers are there, if the protection's there, and you have the most dynamic running quarterback in the history of football, probably. Like you can start, you can let your mind wander and just see what that can, where that can take you. What is the offensive line going to look like when it's at its best, left to right? We go Braxton Jones, left tackle. We go in, we got Tevin Jenkins, Cody Whitehair, Nate Davis, Darnell Wright. My question marks about that group are, I mean, you still, you still don't really know what Darnell Wright's going to be as a rookie. You're still, you feel good about Braxton Jones, but you don't know how. Like he's gonna improve, but where's his ceiling? You know, Cody Whitehair. Like I was very curious if they were gonna consider drafting a center. I, I I thought that they had opportunities. I thought it was gonna happen with the second round pick. After they after they after they showed how much they didn't want a defensive tackle at at number nine by trading to number ten and taking the right tackle, I thought that they were gonna go and get the John Michael Schmidt kid. From Boston yeah. College, if that if I'm not butchering his name, that, that goes to the New York Giants because I talked about it on this pod. Hey, you know, you look at probably the last decade, centers that get taken in those top two rounds, usually damn good players. Like it's, good it's, it's one of those, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's one of those positions mm-hmm. where the hit rate is phenomenal. You go mess around and take a guy from Florida and take a guy from South Carolina, one who had to be talked into playing, you know, football, and the other guy who's, you know, his 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 measurables are there, but you know, we'll, we'll see what we get out of it. Um, yeah, I thought that there was opportunity there to to say, hey, you know, defense is cool, but we're going to have to score a lot of points by the time we're ready to win some championships. Why not throw the center for the next seven, eight years uh, in the mix? Yeah, as I said, I, I was I was with you. I was a little surprised, you know, and, every t- and even I even thought they might take a guard. And mm. I know that when Tevin Jenkins was at his best last year, like he gave people reason for excitement. But I don't think you know what you have there yet. I mean, he was just the injuries, first year at that position, like wasn't drafted by this regime, had that kind of weird start to training camp. Now that stuff might be totally in the past. Um, I guess like when I look at the offensive line, I think, all right, who's starting in 2024? Braxton Jones, Darnell Wright, Nate Davis. I know those three guys are going to be starting at where they're at. The other two... I can't say that right now. Certainly not with Cody Whitehair. Last year of his contract, you see his age. But, you know, they have, look, they have Lucas Patrick, so he could certainly go out and win that job. They loved Lucas Patrick last offseason. Um, it's a better offensive line, Jason. It's like it's better than they've had probably in a few years. But what's the thing about the offensive line play is, let's see, 2013, when they had the second highest scoring offense in football. That offensive line, you had Bushrod and Mills as your tackles. This is a throwback here, right? You had Kyle Long and Matt Slauson. By the way, I loved, loved your interview with Kyle from uh, last you. week or two weeks he's, ago. It was he fun. Was a good time. Yeah. He's, he's the man. Uh, it was Garza still the center? Garza might have still been the center. I mean, Kyle made the Pro Bowl. I think he was the only one in that group that made the Pro Bowl. Um, good players, not great players, mm-hmm. but none of those guys missed a snap until Jordan Mills got hurt in the last game of the season. And you go to 2018. Uh, you had Charles Leno, Bobby Massey. You had Cody Whitehair. Uh, you had Kyle. Um, and who was your other guard there on that team? Um, it's escaping me now. But that 2018 team, 
Charles Leno and Cody Whitehair ended up going to Pro Bowl as alternates. Again, that wasn't a world-beating offensive line. That's not Lane Johnson and Travis Kelsey, but they stayed healthy like all year mm-hmm. long, and mm-hmm. they figured it out. So again, the, the, the offensive line doesn't have to be great. They just have to understand what they're supposed to do and stay together and stay healthy. I think they started eight or nine combinations last year, if not more up front. And we've, we've seen that with this team for decades. Who do they draft the kid out of San Diego State to replace the wide receiver? You're talking about... Was it Tyler Scott? Oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I apologize. Same yes. colors. Yes. Cincinnati. Uh, don't worry. My head is full of malted hops and bong resin. My apologies. All good. Uh, <laughs> um, who's Tyler Scott replacing? Well, he could replace in Valus Jones. Mm. I mean, mm. Valus Jones is going <laughs> to enter training camp as like... Being fast just doesn't cut it, huh? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, now, the argument is Tyler Scott's just fast, right? Like, right. We, you know, he's got... Route running's got to improve... But here, here's like Valus Jones, the last six, seven games of the season, had some kickoff returns where you went like, whoa, is this like, he yeah. looks like Cordero Patterson when he's at his best and uh, on, on returns. But I just have no idea what he can bring for your offense. Uh, and do you keep a guy like that who's only really a kickoff returner and might give him five snaps a game on offense? Tyler Scott. That dude was a really good gunner and punt teams. And I know you brought me on, Jason, to talk punt coverage. Hey, listen, you find out who the football players are. I'm telling you, That's first right. time I saw Chris Olave, I'll never forget. Anthony Heron and I did the show on Big Ten Radio the next morning. I was like, yo, whoever that freshman is that just runs down the field and obliterates everyone, that's a dude that I want to get snaps. And five years, you fast forward, he's, he's one of the better, better young receivers in, in the league. So you find out who wants to play. Tyler Scott did that. I don't know if Valus Jones can bring that. So, you know, I, I would say right now you have your top three receivers. Obviously, they love Equinemius St. Brown just because he's a blocker. He knows what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, they'll get over that um, when it's time to score in a couple of years here. Right. Well, yeah, they don't need him to. Yeah. I, I don't know what his role is going to be with this team, like how they're going to make that work. But I feel like they'll still find a spot for him because he can do that. Um, and then who's next? Like. It's not a stretch to say that'll be Tyler Scott. So uh, what else did you uncover in your time hanging out with the rookies and the, the young vets who showed up to, uh, you know, Hallis Hall? So my favorite thing about rookie minicamp, Jason, is you got Darnell Wright, who's, you know, um, 6'6", 320 pounds, you know, runs a ridiculous four, like all that stuff, right? He's going to sign a, what, $10 million signing bonus or something, you mm-hmm. know, crazy. Um, although I would argue it should be higher. He should be able to negotiate his own contract. It shouldn't be limited to the rookie wage scale, but we can save that for I mean, another podcast. We, we shouldn't have people being forced to go play in cities that they don't want to play in in this country anyway. So we can, we can take it back to the NFL draft. <laughs> like, uh, I'll, I'll please. <laughs> free market this thing all the way out and see who the real ownership teams are when it comes down to it. I used to tweet that every year on draft day. Like, why does the best player in college football have to go play for the worst team yeah. in the NFL and not be able to negotiate a new contract for three years. And I was, uh, I was done dealing with the mention. So I, I moved on. Um, <laughs> so you have Darnell, right? You got him with that salary and what he can do. And then the guy behind him in line was probably a rookie mini camp tryout player who might never step foot inside a football facility again for the rest of his life. Who probably just got paid a couple hundred bucks to come be a bear for two days and he's never going to forget it. It's a memory forever. He's going to, they took a team photo, you know, hopefully they gave him some swag and then he's got to go work out and maybe hope to get a tryout again another day. So that's like the fun thing of rookie minicamp is you have, it's the wildest 
um, variance in terms of people on the field. Um, I always tell people that to go back to Kevin White, that was his peak as a bear. Man. Like at rookie minicamp against some of these, you know, guys who undrafted or trial like guys, crazy. he's like catching passes over everybody. And we're all like, whoa. And then the injuries came. But so with that in mind, the guys that stood out to me the most, just because you look at them and you're like, whoa, were the two defensive tackles. Because, I mean, you got six foot five guys rolling in those positions and and it's like, you know, right now when there's no pads, it's just the eye test. And you're like, okay. Because I remember Jason two years ago, rookie minicamp, Justin Fields. And um, I went to Hallis to see him because I'm like, I got to see this guy in person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're still, it was still like weird COVID time. So I wasn't really leaving the house very much. But for Justin Fields, I'm like, I, I, and I guess it was kind of my job. Had to go, had to go see it. And I was like, quarterbacks are not built like this. I was like, it was unbelievable to see him in that setting. Again, with a lot of guys, he was significantly better than, um, and you know, things change when the, when the real dudes come, when the vets come, it looks a little different, but rookie mini camp, my take away from Justin Fields, like, Oh my God, like he looked like a tight end. Yeah. Right? Like he looked, you know, and he's a big man. Yeah. So, so that's always like my, when I watch a rookie mini camp, I always like look for like those, the dudes like that who just, looked apart and that was Dexter and Pickens to me it was my takeaway I'm like all right like I can see why they really are excited about putting these guys in the middle of defense there it is Kevin I appreciate you I, I will be getting more uh, OTA updates from you I will be getting more off-season stuff from you I will be retweeting all of your stuff because it makes me look smarter once I read it and I know people will only read headlines so then I hit them with the Kevin Fishbane knowledge because I actually pay for the subscription and actually read the stuff on the athletics so hey man I appreciate you man even though you know we're a little crestfallen here on the Full Go podcast because we, we, we found your your thoughts uh, on basketball, which directly linked to your political affiliation. So uh, <laughs> we, we we just like to say thank you for the last time for coming on the Full Go podcast, my man. Well, I appreciate it. Look at right <laughs> NBA NBA ratings plummeting. I'm an example, right? I couldn't watch uh, it there anymore. We go. After. There it is. <laughs> All they do is travel. <laughs> You know, you only have to watch the last two minutes of the game to really get the gist of it. <laughs> I like the college game where guys aren't getting paid and they play for the jersey on the front of the name or some of that other goofy shit that all the others say. Kevin, have yourself a fantastic week, my man. We will check back in with you shortly. Make sure you are going and consuming all of this knowledge at The Athletic. He covers the Bears for The Athletic. He does a hell of a job. He's Kevin Fishbane here on the Full Gold Podcast. Thank you, brother. Thank you, guys. Always fun. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The world isn't wide enough. Get immersed in the expansive views of the 48-inch customizable panoramic display in the all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid. Explore more at Lincoln.com. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. 
check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Oh, man. How was, how was your weekend, fellas? And I know we, we usually do this earlier in the pod, but how was, how was the weekend? How'd, how'd Saturday and Sunday treat you? I had a good one, man. Yeah. yeah. I can't complain at all. What'd um, you get into? Because yeah. you know whatever you got into is going to be the title <laughs> of, of this episode, right? Yeah, the last time you told us what you was on, you know, hanging out, birds and shit. Here he came. <laughs> <laughs> came the title of the pod. So come on, man. You set the standard. Oh, man. Already. Well, you know, it's like I hung out with some friends earlier today, checked out some motorcycles. Like my friend has, oh. a, has a collection of motorcycles, like vintage ones that he fixed up. So I was just like, checking that stuff out so and hung nice. out with him for a little bit hung out with uh like a sister-in-law stuff like that you know you so it was pretty there cool it's pretty mellow sunday today i can't complain watch some watch some sports man watch that uh that uh sixers game the end of that game um yeah man i was really right. i was really rooting for the sixers and it was looking like oh man i don't know but then he did it here comes yeah, Harden. Yeah. Like, you know, Harden's here, Harden's there. He's not here. He was there tonight. So, yeah. but it was kind of lucky. It was kind of lucky. I thought that shot was going in, you know, and I thought it was on time at first. Yeah, you're talking yeah, about the Marcus yeah, Smart. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, very, yeah, yeah, I thought it was on time, but uh, it wasn't. They lucked out. You know, Marcus Smart, before we get to Tony's weekend, Marcus Smart has the, like, in terms of golf quotient of player you used to root for as opposed to you don't root for at all now. Like, when Marcus Smart was on Oklahoma State, you couldn't tell me that he wasn't about to be, like, the next big thing. Like, 6'3", power guard, fighting white people in the stands. Yeah, like you, 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 yeah, you know what I'm saying? The hair, everything. You knew he wasn't to be fucked with. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah. please allow him to shoot on the NBA level so we can get the 19, 20, 20 points per game, dude, that I know he could be. He found his role, right? He found his niche. Like, he is a, a testament to understanding what your job calls for and not what you want to do, right? Like, you know, guys like Tony Allen before him. Tony Allen was player of the year in the Big 12. Tony he's Allen was a, amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we already know, you know, Tony Allen is <laughs> Tony Allen has said, said it pr- plenty of times here in the city of Chicago. That, that man's uh, Twitter handle is triple OG for a reason. Mm. Right, like there's there's whole sections of the Chicago area that just will not like don't say anything about Tony Allen or else you will get lumped up. And he scored on the college level, got hurt, and then had to re you know recalibrate what his game was going to be, turn into a defensive stopper, defensive player of the year candidate. So. Shout out to Marcus Smart because he is he has now got to the point where it's like, hey man, I I couldn't wait for great things for that dude, and he has. I mean, he got three contracts in now, defensive player of the year. But anytime the ball is swung to him, I'm like, ah, they're, they're, he with us, <laughs> with us meaning like whatever team I'm rooting for. If he's shooting it at the end, he is with us, and that shot just got off his fingertips late. But I mean. It, you know, it, it negated the fact that Jason Tatum should have been charged with a push off on DeAnthony Melton uh, on 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 the drive on the step back three that he hit. So you know, it all it all works out in the end. Uh, Tony Gill, how was your weekend, my man? It was good, man. My my weekend was full of uh, responding to uh, high school kids DM after I uh, went over and and talked to the kids. That's right. Uh, you talk. Yeah, That's right. Look man. at you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, motivating yeah. the youth. 
Yeah. It was uh, it, it, it was weird, you know, like trying to get fresh high school freshmen who are too cool for school, you know, <laughs> motivated you at know. 9 a.m. Who the I'm fuck like, is this old man face? <laughs> right. That's all that is. <laughs> Who right. the fuck is this old man? <laughs> I was like, ah, that was, that was a written in joke and it did not hit. Ah. Yeah, man, I don't know yeah, where to yeah. go from here. What else you got, old man? Because <laughs> <laughs> we used to do it, right? Anytime yep. they wheel us into these goddamn auditoriums, we're like, all right, and we get to miss class, but I still don't get to talk to my friends. Who the yep. hell is this old man <laughs> telling me about my future and my life that I don't give a shit about right yep. now? Like, talk, old man. When I was in high school, I didn't trust anybody over 25. Like, At all. You know, like, there's old. At That's all. like a galaxy away, like all that At stuff. P the other day was on some, like, you know, like, do you think we're old? Or we're not old. And people, I'm like, we old as shit. They look at us like old people. You yeah. kidding me? I'm 42. You know, I'm like, gonna say how old you are, but goddamn right, baby, we old. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was looking at that crowd. I was like, man, I am washed, yo. Like, I am washed. washed. You knew it though. Yeah. When, when you when you when you got offered up <laughs> to mm-hmm. the kids as the guest speaker, that's when you knew you was washed. Yeah. When my yeah. when I yeah. when I immediately when my email got filled up with "Hey, can you come talk to the kids?" I'm like, "Oh shit!" They would not want a peer to come talk to the kids. They want an old motherfucker like you to come talk You're to right. the kids. Yeah, I was like, "Man, am I am I am I, am I not doing the job right? Am I, am I too safe now?" <laughs> Am I gonna have to hem somebody up just to let him? He want his street cred back. <laughs> right. Right. Just walk into the crowd, and slap the first kid you see, right. just like oh, you're on the yard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, felt, I felt like I'm gonna be Tyson here for 45 minutes. I felt like Mike Tyson. I was almost crying. I was like, I used to be fit, <laughs> and I miss that man. I miss it. <laughs> hey, dog. Hey, hey. Listen, 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 listen. Oh, you got. I'm telling you now, man. Listen, these kids are out for blood. Okay, like I have, I have spoken uh, to to uh, advanced placement classes. I have spoken to charter schools. I have spoken to the behavioral conscious environments, whatever they want to call them. The kids for the, the schools for them badass kids. I have spoken to those. I have spoken at juvenile detention centers, and. All in all, it all comes down the same way. Lock in with one kid who is who is there to hear anything that you have to say, and don't look at any of the rest of these motherfuckers. That's 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 it. That's it. You lock in with that one kid who wears a college shirt to school every day and gets made fun of it because of that, and know that hey, I see your struggle, I see your pain. I'm not here to save you because these kids gonna tear your ass up as soon as I'm done. But I am locking in with you, Herbert. <laughs> Me and you are, <laughs> we are, we are here, okay? <laughs> and none of the, the, the people who are throwing shit at me, <laughs> like the, the, the person over there who is apparently filing the serial numbers off his gun, <laughs> everything does not matter. You and I are the only people in this room. Did, did you uplift any children's spirits? Did, did you, did you set any kids on a new career path? Yeah, Tony I Gale? mean. Uh, like towards the end of it, like I, you know, I mixed in some some creative elements to show them what I do at work. Um, you know, mixed in like because it's supposed to be about oh, for every job and every career, you got to learn how to read and write type situation. <laughs> and I just showed them like a couple <laughs> couple examples. You know, I, I, I write for right. you know NBC. Uh, I did some voiceovers. I got to learn how to read and write a script um, and all that all that good noise and. 
Uh, I mean, we had a lot of questions. And then, you know, they was like, oh, you could take pictures with, uh, you know, Tony Gill on the back. And I'm like, all right, this is going to oh, be yeah, like, like a two fucking meet and greet. Like you're yeah. Chris Brown in this Real bitch. Tell me, tell yeah. me more. You make, the, <laughs> you make your kids pay $500 a pop for your picture? Is that man, what you did? Fam, you piece of shit. I, I, was, I was expecting like two or three kids. Man, that line was long. Like of people want to take pictures, and it was. I was like, "What is going on?" I was like, Do y- "Y'all know who I am, right?" I was like, "I'm, I'm a nobody." <laughs> but you know, it was fun. I, t- I took pictures with the kids. One thing, though, you know, everything was a shoulder and above, or me crossing my hands and then making. I'm not. I'm not putting my hands. Oh, oh on yeah. No oh, kids. Yeah. Nah, I was yeah. having no issues. Yeah. No um, problematic, nothing. Nobody's gonna ca- catch me, you, you know, uh, on accident. I'm, we I'm, still I'm got good COVID spacing out here with the pictures. No, mm-hmm. we still got COVID spacing. Go over there. Go over there, you little dirty ass kid. You and your, you know, you and your friend are not about to put rabbit ears up on me. We not. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. We not. I will. We will. We will get give each other a fist bump, and that will be the commemorative picture. You know what I mean? Uh, especially if they they charge him for the meet and greet for Tony Gill afterwards. I mean, come on, man. Nah, no, they man. was cool, man. Shout they out they to was kids. cool. I enjoyed yeah. it. So. What was what school again? What, what was the beautiful school again? Revis High School in Burbank, Illinois. Oh. Shout out to Revis. Shout out to Revis. I didn't I didn't get a chance to speak to any kids this weekend. Uh, I've been avoiding it, to be honest with you. If it ain't my kid, <laughs> I'm not trying. These kids, hey man, I know everybody's on this like <laughs> this save the kids thing. And I am too. Shout out to the kids because I believe they are our future. But I'm scared of you motherfuckers. I gotta be honest with you. I'm scared of you. And it used to be I was scared of like one kind of kid. No, 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 no. Across the board. I am scared of all of y'all. I get berated in these Call of Duty lobbies by children. I come outside. I see children just upset all the time. Like, you drive past the hoop courts. Ain't nobody playing. (laughs) You drive past softball diamonds. Ain't nobody playing. I know I'm gonna sound like an old dude. They all just in the house being angry or something. So I'm not about to sit here and let you get your anger off of me because I am all also at that age where it's like <laughs> I'm too old to engage with a kid, but I'm not old enough to not fight a kid. If you know what I'm saying? Like, like if, a, if a kid, if a kid pulled it right now, like for instance, I gotta walk a shih tzu, right? Like twice a day. You know, the shih tzu probably go out probably four or five times a day. I try to prick up maybe one or two of those. It's a 14-year-old shih tzu. You feel me? He ain't ready for the ruckus. He ain't he ain't seeing his greater years. If I go outside right now at 10:30 at night and I'm walking the shih tzu in what I'm wearing right now, somebody going to think they can take me. And that somebody probably be a 15, 16, 17-year-old kid who's probably outside at a time that he or she shouldn't be outside. I am not at the age where I won't um allow for some calming words and all those other things. Hey, you know, you know, uh, you know, the disrespect, you know, there's a certain amount of disrespect you got to take as an old head. Like that's, that's a part of being an old head. You feel me? And thank God I don't have to catch the bus or anything like that. Cause I know how disrespectful y'all kids are on these public transit situations, but man, you know, I could take a little roasting, you know, your old ass here or, you know, get called sir, all that. Yeah. But after a certain, like there's a certain threshold where, you know, 17 <laughs> year old me ain't that far away. You feel me? And every once in a while, a kid got to catch it. You know, like, and, 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 and if it's up to me to, to give them that lesson, then it's up to me, you know? Right? 
It takes a village, right? <laughs> to fill these hands from this village. That's how I see it. I'd be scared walking around outside, man. I'd be, I'd be looking at these kids like, mm-mm. Y'all, y'all, y'all way too flexible, way too skinny. Like everybody is the same size. Like, you know what I mean? I'm I'm worried. I'm worried. So yeah, take care of these kids. Keep talking to these kids. Hey, speaking of being worried, man, I went out the other day for a nice little early dinner. I guess late, late, late lunch with my lady in the great neighborhood of Pilsen. We were sitting there on the side of the street, you know, a little outdoor dining or whatever. Next thing you know, I hear a pop up, pop up. And I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> and then like the first three, I was like, ah, well, <laughs> they'll be done soon, <laughs> and and then it kept going, and slowly but surely, we both give ourselves the hey, uh, it's time for us to start getting up from this seat, kind of, you know, vibes like when you start to raise as one. All of a sudden, I see this white lady get up and take off. And, you know, when the white folks start running, then that means I should have been running probably 10 minutes ago, right? So then we take off for a good, got a good 25-foot sprint in where before I look back at my table because it had subsided at this point. And it's so crazy because I'm sitting here thinking about it like, man, you know how conditioned you have to be to gunshots for you to be outside having a dinner with your lady get up, run about 20 feet, and then look back and go, oh, they done shooting. We can go back and have our dinner now. We can, we can, we can go sit right there on the corner because apparently it happened like the block down, but on like the, you know, the adjacent corner. So like a block down and on the opposite corner, but it's still close enough for me to hear everything. And then you got the, you got the people and you know, you know who it was. You got the people, were those fireworks? I'm like, yes, 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 yes. May 6th is usually the day in the Pilsen area where, where the fireworks go off. It's kind of like the fireworks you hear on July 5th, I don't know, maybe, with the leftover ones where your boys in the back haven't blown off the entire box that they got from Indiana. Yeah, those are fireworks, man. They happen in that, that, that sequential order, followed by four or five uh, return fireworks, shall we say. But yeah, man. That's that, that. That was the height of excitement for me this weekend. Um, watched some terrific basketball. Watched the Cubs and White Sox both, you know, settle back into who they really are, kind of, right? I mean, you see the Cubs come home after that one and six road trip, uh, you know, where the, the, the bats kind of cooled off. And we knew the bats weren't going to be that the entire season. They're pitching. I mean, right now with Steele and Stroman and Smiley and, and Wisniewski after his first few starts, first couple of starts where he had to kind of learn the ropes, like they, they got one of the best pitching staffs to start the season in the National League. All right. And then you got Kyle Hendricks, who's got a couple of rehab starts uh, that he still has to go through to come back. His, his velocity is is getting around 89, 90, where he was sitting the last time he was really Kyle Hendricks. Um, yeah, man, the, the Cubs are in an interesting spot. The Cubs are in such an interesting spot that we're getting those questions that I couldn't wait for. And, and I felt like we were getting a little bit last year is, can David Ross really manage? The, those are the questions that are starting to be thrown about. Because when you spend, what, 250, 275 in the offseason, the way that they did, yeah, it's time to start talking about these one-run games. They went one and six on their road trip, and five of them were one-run losses. 
So you got to ask yourself, is it the moves that are being made? And, and you know, and what are the real expectations for this team? A game at above 500 uh, at this point in the season. Did you expect that? Did you expect this division to be as trash as it is? Because Pittsburgh is doing their thing. And meanwhile, the St. Louis Cardinals can't get anybody out. So much so, I don't know if y'all have been following this, but they can't. Hey, Wilson Contreras has been banished from the catcher's position, right? Like they are blaming a lot of what's happening with that St. Louis Cardinals pitching staff on the fact that Wilson Contreras is a little jumpy back there. He's little, you know, he's easily agitated the way he was as a Chicago Cubs, especially the beginning of it. And then you found people who can deal with his style of catching and framing pitches. Well, not the Cardinal way, right? And they throwing him in the corner outfield positions down. Cub fans saw that, that movie with, with Wilson out there in left field. You don't want that. So the fact that one of the prize free agents and uh, a, a player that a lot of Cubs fans and the organization had a lot of consternation over whether he should be resigned or not or brought back or not. The fact that they they don't forget catching, they they can't find a spot for him where he's not apparently hurting this team in St. Louis. So this division is a lot different than anybody anticipated it being uh, while the Pittsburgh Pirates are doing something magical. Because, you know, we talk about teams that it feels good seeing uh, play well. Right, we do it a lot in basketball with the Lakers and the Knicks and the Celtics because we want those venues and those scenes and those environments to be uh, important when the playoffs and postseason roll around. But I remember as a kid watching the Pittsburgh Pirates with Bobby Bonilla and Barry Bonds and Andy Van Slyke and all those dudes, you know, Terry Mulholland and all those cats running around in, in Three Rivers Stadium. And then it was just years, uh, damn near decades of just, just pitiful baseball and then they got it back going again there was a little mini rivalry with the Chicago Cubs and Sean Rodriguez was kind of crazy and they had a whole thing and the Pittsburgh Pirates kind of resurfaced with the Andrew McCutcheon era and then they sank back down but the fact that O'Neill Cruz and them boys are playing that kind of baseball shout out to them shout out to them the NL Central is kind of weird right now so the Cubs as the as the uh the, the summer months hit and the questions about David Ross continue uh the questions about uh, not only the, the you know the the roster formulation because Jed Hoyer went out there and put together a roster to prevent runs and that's what's happened so far. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Cubs fans um, digest this season and how early is the rebuild supposed to uh, you know hit. And I know they don't want to call it a rebuild, a retool, whatever the case may be, but it'd be interesting because I don't know if. The Cubs thought they would be in this position, especially with a guy like Kyle Hendricks out, especially with so many new pieces to their lineup. Uh, and out of the bats have cooled down a little bit. You, you get that infusion of youth when Matt Mervis comes out second day in the road, the RBI hit. I mean, you know, this is these are the things. Th- this is the fun time, right? This is this is how, you know, you go through a year and a half, two years of 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 uh, unassuredness. And now you come to the revelation that, hey, Baseball can be interesting with new characters and new faces in new places. So, you know, the Cody Bellinger thing, Dansby Swanson thing. Now you're seeing Matt Mervis more. Christopher Morrell is tearing it up in the minor leagues. People are wondering when he's going to be called up. So um, it's a good time right now on the north side. And, you know, shout out to all my Sox fans out there over these last couple of weeks. The Sox have kind of righted the ship a little bit. They, they've played lesser competition and they've done what they were supposed to do against lesser competition beat the Twins, beat the Reds uh, in the um, uh, third game of the series, beat the hell out of the Reds. 11, 11 runs in the second inning, right? I mean, 
But unfortunately, socks things happen. You got your man Eloy Jimenez who uh, has to have uh, you know an appendectomy uh, Saturday night in Cincinnati. He's going to be out for four to six. Uh, it's always something, and it sucks because he was just getting heated up. He was just starting to heat up over these last eight nine games or so, uh, and you need that bat. But I will take this from the seventeen run shellacking that they, that the offense put on the Reds. The best thing about that game to me were the two walks that Luis Robert Jr. drew. He drew a walk to start that thing in the, in the second inning, and he also got another walk later in the game. I'm telling y'all now, if Luis Robert Jr. understood how important it, it was and it is for him to get on base, then this team would take a, a, a leap that I don't think we could foresee. Well, actually, it'd be a leap that would actually meet our expectations. This dude was talked about as a dark horse MVP candidate last year, and it ain't because he's not talented. And the fact that he has played as well as he has, because if you look at his numbers, it's not bad. He's like 825 OPS, something like that, seven home runs. Like he's 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 done what he was supposed to do. He's yes, he did not run to first base in a very embarrassing moment, but he's played a terrific center field, uh, when healthy. And on top of it, if he understands the strike zone like these two walks indicate against the Reds. Now, I know it's the Reds starting staff and it's a lot different than, than you know, <laughs> than uh, hitting against Sandy Alcantara or some of the, you know, the, 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 the best, Corbin Burns, some of the best dudes in the game. Hell, Dylan Cease right there in your old clubhouse. But if Lewis Robert understands strike zone and shrinks it, like that's the reason why the Reds got pummeled because they the strike zone was very, very small. The White Sox took pitches and then keyed in on certain quadrants when it was in hitters' counts. I mean, the Gavin Sheets 3-0 swinging away and hitting the three-run bomb, like the, this is the product of good baseball. And if Luis Robert can spearhead the good baseball movement, the resurgence that needs to happen on the south side, then we're talking about a totally different dynamic, a totally different squad. Because especially with the disengagement rules and the, the number of times that are limited that you could throw over first base and the, the running game and how it's taking over once again, seemingly in Major League Baseball, that dude on the bases is something else. I mean, that dude hits a double. You're already talking about him standing on third because of that speed power quotient that he, <clears throat> that he has. Like, the dude is ridiculously talented. So whenever we see him fall short of those talents, especially during a year where they've gotten off to a horrible start and it's going to be hard for them to dig their way out of, hey, I applaud when they play well and I applaud when they play to expectations. And I think that's all that I've tried to do, not only with this pod and in my career, is talk about what I expect from a player or what I expect from a team. And when they fall below it, say it. When they, when they play above it, say it as well. Luis Robert Jr. getting those couple of walks in the, in the Reds game when they score 17 runs is as big as Hanser Alberto's home run. It's as big as Andrew Benintendi's couple of really, really good at-bats. It's as big as Andrew Vaughn being an RBI machine. It's as big as Gavin Sheets getting that confidence to, to swing away 3-0. Like, there are certain things, there are certain linchpins in this Sox thing, not just offense, but the whole thing. The whole organization and Luis Robert Jr. is a very, very, very critical one. If he can understand plate discipline, if he can understand how important it is for him to be on the bases, running those bases with that speed, man, this thing will take off. This thing will absolutely take off. So not a bad weekend baseball-wise. Got to see a debut on the north side. Uh, on the south side, you got to see them bludgeon some, some bad pitching staffs and also play some more refined and 
um, efficient baseball. Uh, so it was a good weekend overall. And of course, we got NBA playoffs. So I can't, uh, I can't be mad about it. I can't be mad about it at all. You know, Tony is telling these kids what they should do their, with their lives. Chris is hanging out with biker gangs. You know, I'm getting shot at over a nice ceviche plate. Like, you know, sounds like summer in Chicago to me. It's the full go, baby! That's all the time we have for episode 240 of the Full Go Podcast. Want to thank our guest from The Athletic. He covers the Bears like a blanket. He is Kevin Fishbane. Always love when we have the Fishman on. And like I mentioned, he's on with Hogan Johns once in a week or whatever the case may be. Um, I don't know where else you could find him pod-wise, but you know, I'm sure at the end of this, he'll, he'll have some pod. You know, I hate the NBA or something like that. It's going to do numbers too, by the way. There's a lot like Kevin Fishbane. I'm putting that on his name, but I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Uh, I want to thank our production staff, uh, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. I want to thank uh, the fly guy, the smooth criminal himself, Chris Sutton, and my main man, Tony Gill. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff. I've been clearing my throat this entire pod, and I hope that you have enjoyed listening to that as well. <clears throat> See? Did it one more time on the outro for you. I don't know what it is, man. The season's changing up. I'm old. I'm old, damn it. I'm old. So thank you for listening to my old ass. Thank you for listening to our old asses. I uh, want to thank you for downloading this thing. want to thank you for subscribing to this thing. Thank you so much for sharing it with your family and friends, rating and reviewing it, giving it the five stars that you know it needs. If not, we will see you in these streets. Uh, and and I truly mean this because I think the star rating right now is like 4.9. And I feel like some kind of like near do well, like, you know, a uh, livery service driver or something like I'm not, I'm not, bringing the goods like did i not give y'all bottled waters right did it not smell good in here right did 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 i talk to y'all okay so give us those five stars and for real because i'm about to start walking up to y'all in the streets and asking if you gave five stars don't tell me you love the pod did you give it five stars or not all right that's how you show me you love me all right change behavior is the best i'm sorry wait a minute I'm getting into my therapy bag. All right. We're going to get up out of here before I do any more of that. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on a blessed Sunday evening, as my mother would say. We will catch y'all on Tuesday. Make sure you keep the voicemail line close to you. 773-359-3103. I got a question for y'all. All right. For this, this, uh, this voicemail segment coming up. If there's an owner that you would push or could push and get away with it, who would that owner be and why? Huh? Let me know. Huh? All you abusive bastards out there, I know where y'all gonna go. You can let me know as well. It may not make it to the pod, but we will laugh at y'all on our own free will. All right. For Chris, for Steve, for Tony Gill, and for Kevin Fishbane, I'm Jason Goff saying thank you so much for hanging out with us. As always, we leave you with this. Hey, man, take care of each other. Uh, be safe this summer. No, those aren't fireworks. And yeah, 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 the main sucker freak. By the way, you see how they you see how they snuck that in there? It's like, hey, by the way, enjoy your tacos and tequila. This shit ain't killing people no more. <laughs>